welcome to Geek Space Nine, the discovery and or rediscovery of Star Trek Deep Space Nine. With me today, as always, is Peter. What's up? And Sarah. Hi, everyone. And I am Ben. So, this week we watched two episodes, as always. We watched season one, episode 13, and episode 14. The first one up was Battle Lines. In this episode, we see the return of Kai Opaka, who is, we remember, sort of the spiritual leader, guru, uh, Dalai Lama, if you will, of the Bajoran people. She comes aboard the station, wants to see the wormhole. They go across, find a distress call, go down the ship, and uh, get attacked by sort of a planetary defense grid. The ship crashes, and it seems like Kai dies. Uh, eventually they meet a group of warriors who seem to be battling for what seems like centuries, and they discover that the Kai is in fact alive, and everyone cannot die on this world due to a uh, nanotechnology that keeps people alive and fighting forever. It's a kind of punishment for these two warring classes that could never get along. Sort of, uh, I guess, the closest parallels if we... Um, moved everyone from Israel and Palestine to a world where they could just fight oh, forever. Okay. I feel like I feel like that maybe that maybe that's wrong. I don't know. It feels like any sort of like warring race, which is why it's maybe like testy to like compare it to any one real race because it's not that easy. But we'll Yankees get into that. and Red Sox um, fans. <laughs> Yankees and Red Sox fans. That's easier, right? It's less uh, controversial. Exactly. So um yeah. uh so we uh we learn about this uh or um, they try their best, uh, the crew tries their best to get people to give peace, but unfortunately they find that uh, the people cannot leave. Anybody who's died and had this nano-reconstruction cannot leave the planet. They are forced to stay there. So the Kai decides to stay and do the impossible and try her best to help these people achieve peace where they are rather than be resettled uh, away from each other. So, what do we think? Of this episode. I was more intrigued with um, Kai Opaka's role in this storyline than I was with the warring factions personally. Um, now maybe it's because I'm watching this, you know, what, 10, 20 years after it actually came out and so I've seen other sci-fi things that have been released after the fact, but I feel like this is sort of a common uh, trend in not only science fiction I guess, but for the sake of uh, this podcast in science fiction of, you know, two warring factions that can't even remember why they're fighting in the first place really and just will never stop fighting ever because they have no reason to. Right. Um, I think um, Ben and I and possibly Peter, we talked about this um, a couple of days ago, how this sounded very much like the plot in a particular episode of Doctor Who where the, there's these two races on this planet and they're fighting and they don't remember why and they've been fighting for generations and it actually turns out they've been fighting for about a week. But the point is they're fighting not for any real reason anymore, but just for the sake of fighting, I guess. And that, and, and yeah. that episode also had a similar like um, way of dealing with that not everyone could be wiped out and that one you could like clone a person in like 10 seconds. Mm -hmm. And so, like that, uh, the doctor accidentally creates his own daughter, which is why it's called the doctor's daughter. But who um, is that? Uh, yes, that's right. The doctor's daughter, who is in fact the daughter of the fifth doctor. Fifth doctor. 
the, the doctor's daughter married the doctor's daughter, played the doctor's daughter. <laughs> so. And, and uh, now she's given birth to the doctor's daughter. <laughs> <laughs> it never ends. It never ends. <laughs> Doctor Who, but yes, great uh, show. It seems to be a common idea because, like I said, uh, Israel and Palestine is not an easy one because obviously there's much deeper, smarter political issues and, and religious issues and deeper things. It's more just kind of a taking a, a very simplistic approach to war, which is like the you don't remember why we're fighting, fighting forever. It, it's uh, hate both sides and we'll never learn. So. You're right, it's a little more simplistic and kind of more of an allegory than works as kind of actual military, archaeologic, whatever. <laughs> I can't think of the word I'm trying to say. I mean, I say again, it is possible that this would have um, kept up my interest had I seen it. Well, I mean, when it aired, I was probably about five years old. But, you know, had I been my current age and watched it then because then I don't know maybe it would have been a new thing but since then so many things have come out or so many shows have come out that are basically that same premise that I wasn't you know particularly intrigued uh, no. Peter did you feel the same way? No I, I was I was just going to say I, I agree with that I mean I, got, I, I, I too was was very, was very intrigued by, um, by, by, by by Opaka and, I, and I, I wish that they had I, 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 I wish that they had highlighted her more in, the, in, in this episode because because you know since we get that we, we get that role gut riching punch, punch the stomach that oh Opaka is dead what the hell and then and, and then and, and then she like walks out of the shadows like I'm alive I don't know how and then we figure out why like I, I, I wish that we had I, I wish that we had gotten to that we got to hear more, more, more of her side and all of this, and, like, and and how and how she was processing it, rather than it just be kind of something that we learned at the end with with her with her with her deciding. Well, I mean, like not like she really had a choice, but like but, but her but her deciding and her realizing, this is this is my calling. This 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 is what the prophecy that I felt meant. That, that that she that she was supposed to that she was supposed to bring healing to these people and, and, and by by way of stopping way of stopping their conflict, I, I, I wish we got more of that instead instead of uh, Cisco and um, Bashir and, um, and what Kira. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Cisco, Bashir, and, and Kira like just like, like just like just trying to stop them, stop stop the two sides fighting themselves. Right. No, I definitely would agree. There's something very interesting about a. Uh, a religious leader dying and coming back to life. That's <laughs> a yeah. very actually, yeah, you know, I, classic I religious trope, and then devoting her life to stopping. Speaking the of overused tropes, no, I'm just kidding. I'm I'm very much <laughs> kidding. <laughs> I don't mean to offend anyone uh, listening to this podcast or your religious beliefs. Well, it's at not all. so much uh, <laughs> religious as is, is religion stories. You know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. Th- th- yeah. Yeah, in, in across, a Chronicles of Narnia style yeah. story, or something across like various that, religions and story across various religions and and and, and then and, and then out and then and then storytelling and stuff. There there is there there, ex, there is the potential for there to exist some kind of of peace a peace wanting messianic figure, i.e. Gandalf, i.e. Harry Potter. There you go. <laughs> exactly. 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 There's there's always those those mystical characters who die and come back. And I think there is, again, it's one of those things where it's sometimes 
maybe it's not the story they wanted to tell, but it's like maybe that's the story that's more interesting in this episode than the right. warring races, which uh, I at least have to mention one of them, the, the one we spend the most time with, uh, the Ennis and the Noel Ennis. We spend the most time with the Ennis uh, crowd, which is led by one and only Jonathan Banks. Hmm. Who will know Mike, yes. Mike from Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. And uh, boy, it was hard to take him seriously because <laughs> I just could see Mike under all that like makeup and, and weird hairdo and messed up face. I mean, yeah, like, oh. that's true. I just expect him anymore to be Walter. Hmm? Uh, but he did well. He was enjoyable. Um, but uh, I agree there's something a little more interesting about uh, you know, religious leader dying and coming back is, is very interesting. Maybe I just would have liked that story more if it was more of the focus of this episode. Uh, it, it seemed like a little thing, which, you know, she was like, I felt hot and I felt all this heat rising into me and then nothing. It's like, oh, it's kind of interesting. A religious person who didn't see any form of afterlife. Like, right. What is that like yeah. for them? And, oh, yeah. You know, what does that kind of mean for their psyche? And I don't know much about the Bajoran religion, if they believe in afterlife or not, but... Uh, typically religions do and so it's like does that infect anything is you know and again i think it's one of those things like it became a little bit more about kira which is interesting because it's like she's obviously oh, yeah. got sort of ptsd and goes right back into her warrior mode and everything like that and kai kind of lets go of her pain which is very interesting but i don't know i thought kai was a little more interesting than everyone else i felt like she was kind of c-plot for me i i guess i guess for i guess for me that like that that's that's something like uh, I, I wish I wish we had gotten more from Kai and I, I mean yeah I mean yes like it was like I, I definitely thought it was it was a, it was a nice thing for for, for for Kai to have those couple Kai to have those couple of scenes with with Kira uh, helping Kira realize you know helping Kira realize this lar- this this large part of Kira of Kira's life um, that 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 sh- that she needed to move on from in in order to in order to grow, but I but but I wish that I, I but I wish that after uh, after Kaiopaka had helped Kira with that Kira with that that she had been that that, that that she had been more involved with Cisco to to to, to try and help these two uh, these two warring sides uh, war, warring sides the the Ennis and the Noel Ennis. Uh, before she ultimately decided, this is what I need to do. I, I, th- I think I, I think I would have liked her. I think I would have liked to see. I, th- I would have liked to see the beginnings of her realizing that soon. Right. It was like a little bit like last minute, like well, stay here, I guess. You know, <laughs> and it's almost like she was forced to stay there. And right. Lose a little bit some of the you know, dramatic tension. I guess it makes more sense than if she was just like. I my race I'm gonna stay here now maybe it would feel a little bit weird but uh, it also kind of removes any sort of guilt on her part exactly. well if I leave here I die I do I do like I do like though that 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 um, that, that that uh that her like essentially one, essentially one essentially one of the last things that she says to to our group of three our, our crew of three um Cisco Bashir and Kira that um that that it won't be the last time we see her. I, 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 I am, I am glad. I am glad uh, to have, to, to have the hope that you know that 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 will that will, that will that will see her again on screen. Because I do because I really do like Opaka as a character. I do as well. Yeah, I, uh, I, I know a little bit 
I read a little bit too much about her, so I won't say much. But <laughs> um, yeah, you didn't mention that you had something spoiled for you. I've been spoiling too many things for myself. This is a separate thing. I'm Bashir and spoil things. <laughs> I'm, this is why I go down these wiki of, rabbit holes, and I only have myself to blame. This is why you stay <laughs> off of memory alpha. And if you have to get on, you just go through. You just go through the hyperlinks that deal with an entirely different series you're not watching. <laughs> I know. I know. I, I I I thought I learned my lesson with Battlestar Galactica, because uh, those don't know in Battlestar Galactica some. Humans are actually robots, and some of them don't even know they're robots. So sometimes the biggest, biggest reels in that show is who's actually a Cylon. And yeah, uh, I was just looking up a character it. to read one thing about him, and it just said race Cylon. I was like, fuck. Yeah, don't fuck don't spoil it for me. I Battlestar Galactica. No, I'm not. It's one of those. That's why I'm trying to be. Great, yeah, it's one of those great it. shows that I. That it's one of those great shows that that has like such a following, like a loving following that I, that I still need to um I still need to like actually watch. Oh yes, yes you do. We'll, we maybe cast that too. <laughs> oh, yes, that will be an adventure all in itself. Yes, I I love Battlestar Galactica quite a bit. Even uh, even the later seasons, I, I I still quite enjoy. So, it's worth watching, I think. So yeah, it's mostly a Kai and a Kira episode. Uh, I really enjoyed Nana's uh, Nana Visitor's acting in this episode. She had to do a lot in terms of. Uh, Really showing how important Kai Apaka was to her and her people. Mm-hmm. I thought it was very well done. Her grief was very accurate and I thought very well acted. I'd like to hear a little bit more about Kai Apaka's backstory. Um, I don't know if we're going to get that or not, but you know, it becomes clear that she has at least some level of prophetic ability. Like she knew once she went through that wormhole, she wasn't coming back. Yeah, she was and, like, um, and I just, I wonder if she got those powers through some, you know, extra Bajorian event like those, you know, knowledge spheres or whatever that came through the wormhole and so forth. We know that those are from the Delta Quadrant, but uh, is she, you know, prophetic on her own? Is that just a gift she was born with or did that come about some other way? Right, and I am wondering if it's like a Dalai Lama situation, where it's like, uh, are you considered reincarnated, or, or are you considered, like, uh, appointed? Is it more like a Pope situation? You're right. Like, I always find fictional religious hierarchies <laughs> very fascinating. I'm not mm-hmm. sure why, but I can I, I think they often take interesting elements from all of them. And no, yeah, I, can, them into a I, I mean, I, yeah, I can, I, can see, I can see why you find it interesting, because, because like, because in... Because in our in our in our reality, uh, with with it, with it, with at least the uh, with at least the, the the major religions that we know, we 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 have a general understanding of, of, of how of how at least of how at least some things work. When 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 you go when you go into fiction and they're and they're creating a religion, you, it, it's it's interesting to see, like like you like you said, what bit, what bits and pieces from each, from each of them they take to create something new. Right, because they often it's like either make it too on the nose for one thing and it's more like okay this is clearly let's say an attack on Catholicism because it's not Catholicism but it looks just like it or you take sort of a melding of all of them to kind of create the kind of feeling you want and that's what I feel with this like where it feels very eastern to me like that's why I keep thinking like the Kai to me most feels like a Dalai Lama it's like I'll agree with that for sure a a very spiritual person sort of um, soul is more I don't want to say important, but sort of more grounded and more 
essential to the people than like uh, just a regular priestess or something like that. Is there anything else to talk about for battle lines? Anything else we wanted to mention? Um, actually, well, uh, not really, but just to say that it looks like maybe she knew even before she went through the wormhole that she wasn't coming back. I forgot about this quite sweet moment between her and O'Brien where she gives, uh, Kaiopaka gives her necklace to O'Brien and says, give this to your daughter. And I was like, oh, Apaka's gonna die. What's happening? <laughs> oh, goodness. <laughs> That's fascinating. Mm. Well, what? Well, actually, Sarah, now that you're bringing that up, I, 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 I now, one, I'm now wondering about the importance of that necklace. I mean, I mean, I mean, like, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if I am looking way too into it. But like, but but I but I all, I mean, but I almost wonder, like, like I kind of peripherally, way off to the side, wonder, was that what was like. With with her with Kai knowing that she wasn't coming back to the wormhole was was that was that her in a sense kind of the passing of the torch in a, in a sense I mean that would I mean, be really cool yeah mm. it, that, like I agree like that would be really cool I mean I, I mean I'm pretty sure I mean I'm pretty sure especially because this is just season one that they weren't thinking that far ahead and I'm fairly sure that I'm totally reaching but it's just an interesting little thought to have hmm. that would be interesting mm-hmm. that's how it turns out. That is one thing I've not spoiled for myself, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I see here that, um, you know, one of the hyperlinks in this is, you know, the prophet. Sort of like, don't click on it. Right, don't click on it. it. It will spoil everything. Don't, I thought that it might just say, you know, the people on Bajor talk about this a lot, but they've never been demonstrated to be anything else. Right. <laughs> like we don't. I'm we not just... going to. I'm not going to find out. I spoiled something about uh, another character that way, and. Uh, not gonna do it's, it again. Am I the only one who hasn't me. had anything major spoil for them? Oh <laughs> I think me and Sarah are big wiki fans. Well, now, well, now I'm just now I'm really glad that now I'm really glad that, that, my, that my friend Steve hasn't spoiled anything for me yet because because uh, because I was over at his house. Uh, I was over at his house. Um, sorry, 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 guys. Uh, but like, I, but but I, I was I was watching ahead because that because I had already watched. Uh, this episode and the and the next one, the storyteller. So I so I so I watched a few episodes ahead because I was just chilling there and he, and so he and so he walked in and so he walked in um, when when actually when I was watching when I was watching this episode at, at like towards the beginning and he, and he, and, he looked, and he looked and he looked and he looked and he was like and he was, and he was like oh it was like oh is this, is this the episode when and he was like wait sorry no, hold up let me just walk away. <laughs> so thank you, Steve, for not spoiling anything for me. Yet. <laughs> we all need more Steves in our lives. Steve is awesome. I, I I will give him that. I've known him for three years, and he's he's a pretty fucking awesome guy. <laughs> Praise be to Steve. For sure. <laughs> no, seriously, you. Much thanks to any Steve-like person who's very good about being like a, not being a dick and spoiling things because it's it can be easy. And our friend uh, Jack, who we know listens, has seen the whole show and has been very good about not saying anything about uh, uh, what's going on. In fact, he, he wants to be on, I think, but uh, doesn't want to be, like, mouthy and actually, actually say true. something yeah. not on purpose, you know. Thank you, Chad. He hasn't talked about the... I think the only things he's said in that thread related to the show are, when do you guys want to post the next episode of this podcast? Yeah. <laughs> right. I think he's, a, he's being a very passive observer, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if Jack sometimes is like, I want to be on that episode. But he's been very good about it. So. Right. Yes. Jack, you're always welcome to come on. We, we do want you to come on, but uh, I understand your, your reservations, so thank you. 
so, next episode was The Storyteller. This is sort of a split episode. We kind of get two parallel stories going on each one. So, uh, first up on the uh, on Deep Space Nine, uh, O'Brien and Bashir go down to the planet. We'll get to their story. But on the station, Cisco uh, uh, is in charge with trying to solve a conflict between two Bajoran fighting people who uh, had agreed to a land settlement before the Cardassians took over. The Cardassians moved the river that was their sort of settlement area, moved it into one person's uh, location. So these two warring factions, and I say, the other one says, well, the river was where we're supposed to be, so we get this part of their land now. The other group says, no, that's not okay. Uh, the woman the woman who's in charge of it is a young woman, uh, Vera Sewell. She's the one who wants more land. And uh, she will not give in anything, she's, but she's very young, and her father died during the Kardashian, both her parents died during the Kardashian basin, so you can tell she's very strong-willed and tense, kind of got Lady Mormont vibes from uh, Game of Thrones, but uh, uh, ultimately she ends up hanging out with Jake and um, Nog. Nog, thank you. <laughs> not wrong. No, I, no, uh, I, no I, I know, yeah, all, all three of us constantly get Nog and Nog and his dad, Rom, mixed up, and we're just like, <laughs> wait, wait, hold on. And uh, Nog teaches her of the uh, art, the Ferengi art of compromise, which she helps to use to solve issue. Oh, then which on... is rather ironic, because you don't think of the Ferengi as compromising people. Right, right. Oh, wait, I thought, Maybe, it was, I like... thought it was opportunity. Yeah, no, it's more opportunity. I bet, like, in the Ferengi thing, it's like, you can compromise, but eventually get your way. You know? yeah. Oh, gotcha. yeah, that's true. Nog, it's, Nog it's always subtle, subtlety yeah, with the Nog Ferengi. didn't get that far in his explanation. Probably. He got to the <laughs> first part, not the right. part where you backstab the person later. Yes. Um, like, and Rom, then like, on Rom the planet... Like Rom should have done. In, like, <laughs> should have done in the Nagus. Right. Uh, and then on Bajor, Bashir and O'Brien arrive at... Uh, the uh, small town where they say that there's an imminent threat coming. They discover that a uh, village elder named the Sarah is dying, and the Sarah, as they see on his last day, uh, for five days he has to tell this story about um, an evil presence that comes in, tries to come into the village and kill everybody. But then the Sarah tells everyone we could band together and defeat this thing. Uh, but then the Syrah dies, saying that O'Brien is the new Syrah, uh, in kind of Kung Fu Panda fashion. <laughs> oh my <laughs> god, actually, yeah. just the person who's there. Um, and then, unlike Kung Fu Panda, he's actually not the real Syrah. We discover that his assistant is the real Syrah, who failed. O'Brien tries his best to make the thing go away. He fails because he's not the true Syrah. The other guy is propped up, even though he had failed before. Because he takes over from O'Brien, he shows himself to be the true leader, and O'Brien and Bashir get the hell out of there before O'Brien says, quote, they changed their minds. So, uh, I guess we'll start, we can go either way, but uh, what did you think of either storyline? Well, I'll start with the um, storyteller part of the storyline first. Um, I, I have kind of mixed feelings about it. I mean, it was a little bit lame. Let's be yeah. real. Um, when the, when and the reveal, I was when, when the reveal was revealed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I was kind of disappointed that you know the Bajorans couldn't figure out how to you know beat it by themselves, and they had to have this leader like lead them through this 
well, this this story of how, like, we are strong, we can do this. Like, why can't you just be strong by yourselves? There was, like, no character growth for the Bajorans here. That being Right, it was said, like, it made, like, uh, one sex seem kind of dumb, quite frankly. Yeah. yeah. And, like, and also, like, the reason for them is, like, we created this thing so that the town could unify. So it's like they're all unified under a lie? Like, it's a yeah, little yeah. bit... That, you know, it's, it's much like that episode of... Um, at Avatar The Last Airbender where like these two warring tribes are fighting and then Aang tells them like I'm from the past and I actually saw this conflict that you guys hate each other and it wasn't like that at all it's just this game that these two kids are playing and they're like oh we've been fighting for no reason for years and then like afterwards Aang's like oh I lied I never saw that hmm. I just wanted them to stop fighting and it's like that's not great <laughs> like uh, right. I, I'm always a fan of the noble lie but this one just feels kind of like gross because it I don't, I don't know yet. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. But I. 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 I, I also have mixed feelings on on, on the t- on the town like uh, town every year for five days operating under this totally manufactured lie. But at the but, but at the same time I'm not at the same time I'm not going to lie. I kind of saw that coming. I mean I I I, I didn't I didn't call. I, I didn't call it being that being, being that um, that being that the the Syrah that died was was um quote unquote creating this this threat uh the the the, the doll rock um using using uh, using a piece of of one of one of like the uh, kind of celestial stones that 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 the Cisco has actually been kind of tasked with finding. Um, in, in, in episode in episode one, but I kind of figured that that the doll rock wasn't actually there. Someone was fabricating it, and the and, and all the village people just didn't know it. But we were gonna, but we were gonna figure, we were gonna find out what was going on at some point in this episode. All of this being said, I mean, I am um, I enjoyed it for the fact that it did feel very Star Trek. With yes. like the the bad special effects and you know, the those classic cloud yeah. monsters, mm-hmm. love their cloud monsters. Oh, they're great, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, go on, Sarah. Well, just and, lost. Yeah, and uh, just the the sort of silly but in a way meaningful storyline of you know if if we stand together and we believe we can do anything, you know, it just it was very reminiscent of you know the, something from the original series. No, I could definitely see Kirk doing like a, a bad storyteller. Oh yeah, you know, moment. Pausing of, every like, three Come words. On, get together, fight. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> so Kirk being an even so Kirk basically being an even more dramatic Kirk than he already is. Yes. <laughs> if that's yes. even possible. <laughs> if that's possible, I like that. Uh, I've been watching a lot of original series. Kirk is. Oh, that's right, because you, you got all your stuff in your new place now, and so you're like, I'm a, yeah, you told us the other day, you're like, I'm going to put on the original series and unpack and it's set a, up stuff. It's a, and maybe I'm heresy, but it's a great unpacking series, because that pace is just a little too slow for me, and, and no, I, I agree. I, I can just kind of put it away when they're repeating the third act over and over again, and like, uh, th- this show, though, is it's fun, but man, it is, it is 1960s as hell. Oh, <laughs> that it is. Like, uh, Space Seed is great, and then, like, McGivers is just, like, this woman who sees Khan is just like, whoa, I have to portray everyone I love, because this guy's so handsome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Oh, my goodness. Oh, no. 
Uh, I love the original series, but uh, boy, it's got aging problems. It's something. <laughs> it's something. But yes, I could see the, what you're saying, Sarah, for sure. It's got that kind of classic trick, which is fun, but it's also like this weird tonal balance between like complex political debates about. This is why this episode is kind of odd, too. It's like complex debates about uh, land distribution rights after a civil, after an occupying army came through. Mm-hmm. And also, we're gonna do childhood pranks. Like, it's a very... It's fun, interesting, but it's also just, like, totally the episode is just kind of crazy. Yeah, it was reason. a little bit all over the place. It's like, the guy almost murders O'Brien, and then it's like, he's like, oh, you. Like, he doesn't <laughs> even yeah. mad at him. <laughs> I'd be mad at a guy who tried to stab me in the back. It, kind of, it reminded me of, it reminded me of uh, Quark and Rom. When Quark was like, Rom, you almost like you almost had me killed. You're awesome. <laughs> well, Brian's like you scamp. <laughs> he really was, yeah. Uh, so, so what do we think of the uh, the other the Verasul storyline about the where she hang out with the Jake and Nog? Got it right. <laughs> mm-hmm. I I liked it. I thought it was kind of interesting that she was actually spending time with with Jake and Nog. I mean, as I think Cisco said to her, you know, as I, uh, well, I do have a soft spot for, you know, young women who suddenly get thrust into, into this leadership role. Rest in peace, Lexa. Um, but um, you, you never really get to see the side of, you know, you never actually really had a childhood, did you? Yeah. Right. So when do you get the opportunity to do childish things and most of the time they don't but in this case Vera Sewell was like well yeah these two kids want to hang out with me and I'm not in a you know really important meeting right this second let's give it a go let's have some fun yeah and I and I liked I liked how they how they used that instant how they used her doing that as 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 a as a way to kind of connect back to connect back to um her dealing her dealings with Cisco like I mean, I mean, I mean, in that in that initial in that initial meeting between between her, Cisco, and and the other guy whose name I cannot recall right now, um, she is like giving no quarter whatsoever because 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 you know she is this young girl who ha- who as we said has been thrust into this leadership position. She's like, who do I trust? I'm trying to be like, I'm trying to be strong like, strong like my father, but at the same time, she doesn't exactly know what she's doing, and so she, so they took. Her hanging out with Jake and Nog, for for, for the two of them to kind of, for the two of them to kind of tell like tell her stuff that they've learned from from their own life experiences, their their own dads, which which then led to which then led to her coming to coming to Cisco and being like, yeah, Ashley, it sucks. I'm a kid as a leader of my people. What do I do? Yeah, and one thing I like is that they didn't have sort of a older advisor guy who really kind of ran the show or anything like that like it was very clear that she was in fact the leader and everything relied on her and there wasn't sort of a father-like figure that's the way they kind of cheat sometimes you know um but it was no it was very again like lady mormont like you could tell she she had to make these hard decisions all on her own and being so young and and not having a childhood and having to grow up so quickly because your parents died it's very interesting, and, and I did enjoy Jake and Sis, Jake, uh, Jake and Nog uh, interaction. They make a fun, uh, wacky duo <laughs> to give a little life to the station. I didn't think to use that word wacky, but I like it. 
Mm. <laughs> Johnny's a little bit of wackiness sometimes. I enjoyed his prank of uh, filling Odo's bucket with oatmeal oh and my pretending God. that it's Odo. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about that for like a quick second. <laughs> what? That was his idea of a prank. Let's mess with this guy's home within a home. That's funny. <laughs> He filled his regeneration bucket full of oatmeal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm glad to see it wasn't an actual bucket with a pail, because that's what I saw for a long time. You know, like the classic that, yeah, that's what I assume. image in your head of yeah. a metal bucket. Although it looked a bit more like a dog bowl, which was kind of concerning. A big, like, a big <laughs> dog bowl for that manner. I'm surprised they haven't done that joke before, where like someone knocks into it in his office, and it spills all over the floor, and they're like, oh no! And Odo yeah. was like, damn it! I'm trying to sleep. <laughs> to see him materialize <laughs> with this look of utter disdain on his like, face. <laughs> Meh, give me some of that goo back. <laughs> uh, so yeah, um, I guess to go back to the, uh, the on the beige or side of things. Um, yeah, it was just sort of an interesting, odd episode uh, the way it kind of split everything it felt like it was two episodes in one and we kind of lost a lot of both like it didn't really feel like they kind of merged there wasn't really a reason i feel like it's like they thought of good 20 minute episodes and i feel like the storyteller part in particular sort of frustrating for that because it was all just kind of like these again very kung fu panda-esque kind of tropes for me which was just like you land and he gets the thing and he's not the guy and everyone brings him food and women and stuff and you know, uh, just kind of went through the story so fast for me that it didn't really have any time to connect beyond sort of a basic premise. And I get the idea it was more supposed to be like kind of a ancient myth kind of thing brought to life, but uh, I don't know, it didn't really work for me. I thought it was overall. kind of confusing that, I mean, these were obviously two distinct storylines, but they were both stories about Bajorans. And that was just a little bit confusing to me. Like, I kept, I kept expecting them to connect to one another. Like, oh, by the way, yeah. this this girl is also from this village. Like, they could have even just said that. Right. And that would have been cool. But it was just... I mean, which, I, I guess it's fine. Like, I mean, if they had made a, sh- uh, a show with all humans and this had been happening, it wouldn't, wouldn't have been a problem. I don't know. But it was just a little confusing. Like, I wanted them to connect and they didn't. Right, and it's also odd that Kira is not really in this episode at all. Yeah, and it's like the most Bajoran-heavy episode. Right, and they couldn't really fit her in either side. I thought it was odd. Like, not, not, I guess she's not more her, like her. there for the Bajoran Cardassian thing, but it's like it's still her people. I'm sure yeah. you can figure her out yeah, it's, somewhere. It's sort of a nice, it's sort of a nice, like at, 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 like, at least um, with, uh, with in the storyline with Vera Sewell, you know, you know, since it, since it's still on the still on the DS9 ship. On the, on the space station to, to at least hear some of her opinion on the matters. Yeah, it or, might have or, even or been nice. Yeah, it might have even been nice to have her like give Vera Sewell some advice or something. Because I imagine right. that Kira began her stint in the you know Bajoran conflict, you know, when she was Vera Sewell's age or younger, and I don't know it really how much of a quote leader she was. But she could have at least, you know, sort of told her how it goes, or I don't know. Or the other way around, maybe Vera Sewell could have, you know, talked to Kira about 
you know, making peace after she had that conversation with Nog or something. Right, I'm, I was looking right now, and I don't see if uh, her parents are still alive or not, but uh, at age 12, Kira was recruited into the Resistance, so you're mm-hmm. absolutely right oh, there, Sarah. Like, yeah, very similar age of growing up incredibly quickly uh, in, in war-torn circumstances. So you're probably absolutely right in that sense. So you're right, it's, it's something that's like, this episode just didn't really have that kind of balance. Yeah. But, uh, kind of helps an episode it, that's why I feel like I wouldn't be surprised if like the, the storyteller was another episode about a completely different race of people that's why it's so weird as Bajorans because they seem to be mostly more advanced and this is more like a tribal culture yeah. not that oh, humans don't have right. tribal cultures too but Star Trek's kind of known for doing a multi monoculture kind of thing um, so it almost felt like maybe this was like a different episode about an alien race on a different planet on the Gamma Quadrant or something but they just couldn't quite make it work so they kind of combined it into this one exactly but I have a feeling and uh, oh, I, sh- I guess I should mention also that uh, Vera Sewell did, is uh, Gina Phillips who you might anyone who's a fan of Allie McBeal of Boston Legal she's been on those shows a fair amount she's also from the Jeepers Creepers films which I quite enjoy those are good horror movies uh, directed by a terrible person, so mm. I kind of feel bad I like them, but uh, we'll not get into that because that's depressing. So, uh, anything else to mention about uh, the storyteller? No. Oh, I'm good, actually. No, we pretty much covered it. Alright, so uh, next up we have Season 1, Episode 15 and 16, which is respectively Progress, and then If Wishes Were Horses. So, we will be on next time to talk about those episodes. In the meantime, like and subscribe our show wherever you find it. Uh, please give us a good review. It helps our show get found by different people, which is always very nice. Share it with any of your Deep Space Nine friends. We know you're out there. Uh, be sure to check out any other of our shows, including Feast for Bros, Movie Gang Podcast, Save Point, an upcoming anime podcast. There's going to be so many damn podcasts, you guys. It's going to be great. All available at TuscanShed.com and any podcatcher you choose. So, for everyone at uh, GeekSpace9, we want to say thank you, and we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Bye, guys. See you later. See you later.